with Derek Freeman. You're listening live to the Free World Podcast. My name is Derek Freeman. And tonight I have the my guest, my favorite guest. <laughs> um, to my inaugural guest, my poo, a.k.a. Shannon Ford Freeman. All right, all right. Hey. Poopy pop 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 Poopy pop Yes, sir. Hey, so um just to let everybody know, again, this is uh, you're listening to the Free World Podcast and I have my wife here with me, Shannon. She's a mother of four. Um, I'm always with him. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> let me do the intro. All right. Um so she's a mother of four. Um, an author of thirteen thir- thirteen books. Yes, um, she's an English teacher, and she is a director of a nonprofit, Reach, redirecting, redirecting educating, aligning community help. You knew that already. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you got all the words right. You know. Yeah. Thank you for taking over. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. We wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but yeah, again, uh, she's an author and, you know, my love. Um, we've we've known each other since we were very young. Very uh, young. Four or five years old. And um, we we both grew up in the same town, Port Arthur, Texas. We represent PA. With a PA. <laughs> and... Um, We've been married now for 11 years. 12 years. <laughs> it's okay. one year more than Kingston. Okay. He's 11. He's 11. 12 years. So we've been, we've been quarantined for almost a year, feels like. So <laughs> it's like the lost year, 2020. Yes, you just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Shannon, um, your birthday's on the 6th, August mm-hmm. 6th, and my mother's birthday is August 5th. Yes. And then I have my daughter, she's August 1st, and then there's a bunch of other people, but... There are a lot of other Leos. people. Leos. Leos. We, um... I have a lot of Leos <laughs> in my life. So. This should be the title of a book. A lot of Leos. In my life. In my life. That's a lot of alliteration. It, ooh. Mm. Flow. Trying to throw those lessons in there. Get them ready. I'm with you on that. I'm with <laughs> you on that. No. So, everybody, we're, we're happy that you've tuned in. And if, if we haven't said it yet, um, I don't know what, what part of the podcast <laughs> we're going to edit this to. But we do want to remind you to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you know all our episodes will be uh, dropping and rate and review if you had a chance and share with some of your friends and, and let them know about the podcast. We're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff with mm-hmm. a lot of different people. We're all over the place. Everywhere. So um, we want to make sure that, you know, you, you stay up to date on what we're, what we're trying to do through this podcast. So, um, again, Pooh. Yes, sir. You know, people didn't, people didn't really listen or aren't tuning in to listen to me and you do the stuff that we normally do crack jokes on each other and laugh and <laughs> even though it's fun it's we'll fun. do that 
we'll, we'll do that, you know, all night. But, um, you know, they, they want to know about you. Well, that's what I want them to know. But I want them to know about you and um, not just, you know, some the, the one thing that, you know, I, I always wanted to make sure of, you know, again, with my history and what I've been through in life, even most recently as, as the mayor of Port Arthur, um, I, I never wanted you to be in my shadow. You know, I feel that you're so accomplished. I admire you so much. You know, I think you're brilliant. You're beautiful and you can stand on your own. So I don't want it to ever be a, a thing where, um, you know, it's a, it's a, and the mayor and his wife were, no, this is Shannon Ford Freeman. This is somebody serious. You know, you, you should be happy to even be in the same room with this young lady. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now you're just big enough the same. I know. Oh. No, but yeah. <laughs> No, but, you know, I just, I admire you. I love you so much. And uh, I want people to know, you know, what, what the ambition, the drive, you know, what what leads you, what gets you up every day. Um, and just the, how you've been able to implement those those things into your daily life and to, to try to make your dreams come true. Well, I think first and foremost, being a teacher, that keeps you really grounded because you get to see what your kids are going through and facing on a daily basis. They talk to you about their problems and their issues and things that are on their mind. They're keeping them up at night or the fact that they didn't eat last night and you know they, they're sharing. And so that keeps you in a place where you always want to be giving back. And so that's kind of how REACH was even formed is seeing those problems, seeing problems in our community and wanting to make a difference. So what drives me, it's making a difference in the next, with the next generation. And, you know, one of the things that drove me to write mm -hmm. was having such a love of books when I was growing up. Okay. But not able to really see myself in the characters. Now I did because they, we were the same age, you know, but our backgrounds were so way different from each other. You know, they had the cookie cutter home and everything was just perfect. And I wanted to show a different side to that story. Mm -hmm. I wanted to show our urban side. And so um, one of the articles that I was able to write for was called um, Diversity in YA. Okay. And in that one, they said that Port City High was like the Sweet Valley High of the urban community. It was a place where kids of color knew that they could aspire for greatness. Let's, you know, let's take that for a second, too. You know, we went straight into uh, Port City High, who what their, the diversity article is referring to was an eight-book series. Yes, Port City has an eight-book series. It follows three girls, okay. uh, Marissa, Shane, and Brandy. All right. And basically, each book is a semester of high school. So the first book was from the first day of school all the way till Christmas break. Okay. Then the next book was from the beginning of the new year the all the semester. way that's it and it went all the way till may and so you got to got to see how they grew up and how they changed and how they morphed into the people that they would become and if you make it all the way to book eight you get a whole <laughs> lot more than just that because you get to see them with their kids and the lives that they live after that and so it kind of brings it all home and brings it all together but even it, though but still even even brought more home 
is, you know, Port City is based on a small town um, with... Uh, loosely a, 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 based loosely, on a small town Loosely, in Texas. okay. <laughs> exactly. It's a refining town. Right. Am I correct? You it, are. It's, it's, you know... It's it, all of the elements of Port Arthur. Yeah. So, you know, I was able to pull stories that were near and dear and, you know, we had some fun with it. And, you know, um, people in our town would try to guess, like, who's Shane and who's Brandy <laughs> and which one is you? And when my yeah. friends read it, it's very funny because they're like, our stories are so intertwined in there that I couldn't even pick a character that was like totally based on me because it's not really based on anyone. It's yeah. just all of our, like Loose a culmination base, of, of yeah. all of these people that did these great things that are still doing great things today and how they grew to be the per people that they are. And yeah. so that's what I wanted to capture in Port City High. The eight book series. The eight book series. Wow. And so now, and then, you know, I was going back, I'm looking at Port City High and I'm like, it's a great reflection um, of diversity I have characters from many backgrounds. We um, Shane is, um, she's mixed. She's multi-race. Um, her mom is white. Her dad's black. Um, we have Brandy, who's a two-parent home, both black. Then we have Marissa, who's Hispanic, mm -hmm. Marissa Maldonado. But then I thought, man, I'm missing something. I'm missing that relationship I had back when I was in Summit and my best friend was Liz Nguyen and we run the <laughs> halls of Woodrow Wilson together. Where is uh, she in my stories? And yeah. so um, when I did Summit Middle School, that was one of the things that I had to capture. I had to capture what that relationship looked like. And um, on Summit. the cover of Summit, now Summit Middle School okay. is the four book series okay. that I have. So you have the eight book series, eight Port book City series. High, mm -hmm. and then you have the four book series. Which is Summit Middle School. Summit Middle School. Yes. Okay. And so with Summit, my um, on the book cover of Silentious, that's when I have my um, Asian American young lady on there. And so I'm really excited about my and kind of what she went through and bringing her culture into the book and trying to make it as authentic as possible. Mm -hmm. I went back, I, I researched, I talked to um, some of my old former students and you know, they told me what it was like growing up in Port Arthur, Texas, being from um, a Vietnamese background and their traditions and their culture and how their fathers reacted and their mothers, you know? Mm -hmm. And I got it from many different sources, not just one. And I kind of put all of their experiences together to yeah. tell her story. So that was really fun. I loved being able to share their experiences with the world. Man, you know, you mentioned, shout out to, all, to our Summit people that, yes, that may be listening. shout out to Summit. Um, the, the, the unique thing about Summit, and somebody mentioned it, um, we were online discussing it, I guess, I don't know, some weeks or months ago. Um, but a lot of folks, you know, didn't know, you know, it was just the gifted and talented program. Oh, it was the gifted and talented. It, well, it was the okay. magnet school. We it talked was... about Summit being a book, but we haven't told them that Summit actually did exist. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, loosely. Another loosely based. <laughs> um, we had Port City High loosely based on Port Arthur. Now we have Summit Middle School loosely based on Summit Middle School. Yes. <laughs> Well, Summit took place at Woodrow mm. Wilson Middle School. True. And so um, we were in the Summit program. Uh -huh. And I just thought it was a phenomenal program. It was a it was a place where you never knew what to expect when you would go to school. It would be like horseback riding and archery and golf and 
um, you know, and then you did the basics of just swimming and softball. And I mean, you just never yeah. knew what you were going to get on a day in Summit. Yeah. Summit was awesome, you know, for, for me. And it was an experience where um, I, I started elementary at, at Sam Houston and, you know, I was born in 76. So, you know, in late 70s, early 80s, um, the feds came into the to city of Port Arthur and was like, listen, you know, you still have all black schools. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. We've, we've integrated uh, schools in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need y'all to follow suit. <laughs> You know, so, um, well, you know, the, the schools weren't integrated in 55. It was, it was more like the 60s and, you know, it took a while, some years. But anyway, okay. in the late 70s and uh, early 80s, the feds came in Port Arthur, like, listen, you got all black schools. You got to figure something out. And we just so happened to buy a home that was across the street from one of the originators, from one of the creators who designed program. and wrote the program to, yeah. you know, they had to submit the program to the feds to, to get approval. And, you know, there's different hurdles and obstacles that they had to go through. Um, but Miss Louise Shinkowitz. Yes. You said that right. was our neighbor. You know, it took me a while to get that name right. Shinkowitz, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Um you know, she, she was, she was a beautiful soul. They lived beautiful across the street. Soul. Our kids loved um, just knocking on her door and getting lost in her kitchen and her refrigerator <laughs> and freezer and, and freezer and cabinets and everything else. And uh, in her stories, because she always kept yes. them so entertained. They yes. loved her. She, she loved kids. You know, you mm -hmm. could just tell the teacher inside of her and, and was uh, was still there. Um, but Miss Louise, you know, um, kind of explained to us, not kind of, she often she explained, explained to us how Summit was born. Often explained to us how she came up with the program, you know, and it was just a way to get it, it was such an awesome program. It was a way to get kids of all ethnicities and the brightest, you the know, brightest, but, yeah. but uh, of all ethnicities to, to come to these all black schools, you know, where folks, you know, again, were, were leery of sending their children to the all black school. Cause well, you know, it was, it, you, you got to think about the, the reversal of it, you know, because mm -hmm. when, when they integrated schools, that's, you can look at the, the, the integration in, in Southeast Texas, really across America. And, you know, you can calculate the white flight. Right. Folks started leaving, you know, after that started moving. Then, you know, we had the highway system, of course. Um, so that allowed folks to, to live outside the city and, and be able to Come drive out. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you look at it, you know, a lot of the, 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 the white flight and, and is documented because of, um, because of school integration. So while you had people running away from schools that were integrating, mm -hmm. you had two women, shout out to Miss Rita Leger also, because Miss Louise, cannot forget Ms. <laughs> she often mentioned her, um, Miss Louise, uh, when, when she talked about the summit program, mm -hmm. but the, the reversal, not only, and that's what they call a magnet school. So right. people were trying to get away from it, but they were trying to figure out ways to get mm. folks to schools that folks were trying to run away from. You know, and they could have come up with anything. Anything. They came up with Summit. Oh, and man. just that alone, putting their minds together to come up with a program that fed so many of us mm -hmm. mentally and mm -hmm. challenged us in ways that we had never even imagined school would challenge us. Yeah. 
it's it's it was um it you really tapped in to all talents just <laughs> right. I mean, you know, your talents, your gifts. If you couldn't find talent over here, you were gonna find it over here. Yeah. At some point you were gonna figure out yeah. what you were good at. Yeah. Your ability would figure out what you were good True. at. You know, and and there was enough choices, there was enough things that you were exposed to that, you know, you, you were able to, to fit in somewhere. And that's what was awesome. And then about you it. find out you're good at a lot of different things. Yes. And that's that was the coolest part. It's like, hmm, I can also make pottery. Wanna see pottery. <laughs> I still have some of my pottery. Shout out to my man, Mr. Bland. We're going to shout out a lot of people through this free yes. world podcast. But um, the, these first the, these first uh, few, we're, we're going to have a lot more shout outs than we, right. <laughs> normal. Just because, you know, as we reflect on things. But um, yeah, Summit was an awesome program. It taught me so much. Mm -hmm. I have friends that I consider brothers and sisters for life. And it, it was just an awesome experience. You know, I can't say enough about the program. Well, that's why I wrote a book about it. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't just not pay homage. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they did a phenomenal thing. So, yeah. so that that was your. You did a four book series a called book Summit series. Middle um, Middle the School. Yes, the first one is um, the most beautiful bully. Okay. The next is take not taken. I'm sorry, that's poor city high. Yeah. Okay, I may have to look up my own book titles. But <laughs> silentious, <laughs> silentious. I know. And I was getting to the alternative. The alternative. Because that is the first boy book that I wrote that my sons, my nephews could pick the book up and actually be able to see themselves because I hadn't had a male leading character yet and so that was the first time i was able to do that mm -hmm. and working at an alternative school uh -oh. having a book called the alternative uh -oh. it doesn't hurt to get kids who <laughs> do not read to say hey this one's kind of about you yeah. they're like oh my god they're, they say you know this is like a regular day for us i'm like i know i said and so many people find this so intriguing and then they're <laughs> in it they're in it so you know, I can, it's my little hook. I can yeah. get them in with that and then they'll go back and read other books. They're like, you're kind of good at this. I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the textbooks, um, you know, actually, um, your books are uh, education. They're the Your publisher is Saddleback Educational Publishing. Right. And so a Saddleback, you know, they're trying to get those kids who aren't real readers to start reading okay and so you know it's for reluctant readers struggling readers people who are having problems they have i mean i don't know if everybody out there knows lexile levels but there are levels <laughs> that kids are on in reading so you may be at 100 you may be at a 200 my books are written at about a 1500 so that's right there in the middle where they can kind of pick up a book and still find themselves and the the topics are still challenging but it's not so difficult that they can't get into the story yeah and so that's kind of what um saddleback was looking for and we were just a perfect fit to make that happen during that time so you know I, and my goal has always been diversity yeah like that's why i began writing period so that my kids my students could find books that represent them they could find stories that represent them and not just, you know, one side of the 
the coin because we were looking at books like the Bluefer series and all of those kinds of things and pairing it up against Port City High and looking at what the differences were, what the similarities were. Yeah. And I just wanted to aim for diversity. Now, one place that I think where we're not having diversity in the schools is in our textbooks, though. You yeah. know, we, we have different stories, but like for Black History Month this past, this in 2020, we were still in school for Black uh -huh. History. And so, you know, I was trying to just have a whole month of really celebrating our Black authors. And I wanted to do it with the curriculum that was in my classroom and figure out a way to just bring all of that to life. And I dug through those books trying to find every black author I could find. Yeah. And I still didn't have enough. enough. Yeah. And yeah. so that that was a point of, okay, what are we doing? What are we teaching? And yeah. then you get into the history books and you start to realize, hmm, our stories aren't represented there either. Yeah. And so it's time for us to not only stop with diversity in novels and fiction, but to also broaden that to have diversity in the history that we teach in this country as well. Yeah, you know, that's it, you bring up a, a, a great point because a lot of folks don't realize, you know, how we, you know, acquire how the books get into the classroom. Right. Um, the state of Texas, for instance, first, this is something, the state of Texas buys about 15% of all the books that are sold, mm. textbooks, we buy about 15%. So textbook makers, they wait to see what tech, cause they, you know, they don't have enough money to sell different textbooks to different, we don't care what South Dakota, right. you know, we like, we don't have enough money to make different textbooks for each state. So, <laughs> you know, they, they try to make a textbook that can, you know, make, yes, yes, it can multi-states and, you know, they could get the biggest bang from their buck. So, um, the state of Texas again, buys about 15% of the textbooks. Hmm. And with that textbook makers sit back and wait for Texas to approve their textbooks, adopt their textbooks. And that's the one they print to send across the whole nation. Wow. So now that you, now that you look and say, well, Texas is, textbooks are influencing the nation how how are those textbooks adopted then you have to go to the state board of education mm -hmm. then you get the history of the state board of education of course these people are elected officials they have you know they have certain zones that are broken down in the state of texas and, mm -hmm. and districts excuse me or, and you know people are elected as a representative from that area to be on the state board of education and then they go through the textbooks and take things out. Just recently, they tried to take Hillary Clinton out of a text history yeah. book. They took um, Helen Keller out of a textbook. They, they take, they can do, they have a lot of power. And what's, mm. what's. That's a lot of power. What's really crazy about it is that there's easily influence. You know, that the hardest part, me being a former mayor and a, a former, poli a, a reformed politician, <laughs> Um, the hardest thing for folks to do when they're sitting in that seat, and I've watched them do it so many times, is tell mm -hmm. people no. It is so hard to mm -hmm. tell people no. That's most of the reason why I'm not in office now is because I had no problem mm -hmm. <laughs> telling someone no, especially right. if it wasn't for the, the good of the, the city, good for the citizens, you know, just... If it's just good for you, it's a no for me. Right. <laughs> that's, like, that's I mean, that, that's how it was. But 
you know, then you start to think about these low level, not with a lot of power, elected officials on the state board of education who are getting easily influenced by Mm. certain people. And there was a certain couple that for the past 30 years, just about that they were influencing that state board to adopt certain things that were very conservative, very anti-liberal. And mm. I ain't saying liberal has to be a thing, but I, I believe there should be a balance There's in these a, textbooks. A you know, like right. there should be some type of independent board that goes through these like real historians, scientists, you know, <laughs> I'll be people with accomplished folks, you know, yeah. that have the degrees and to, to go with it. So, it should be some type of independent board, but instead in the state of Texas, we have the state board of education being that are elected officials being influenced by people that are just the loudest in the room. Just the loudest in the room. That's, that's it. And for the past 20, 30 years, there was a couple and I think they both just died off in, in mid two thousands. Um, last 10, 15 years, five, 10 years. Um, on the future podcast, I'll make sure I get their name for you. But uh, all they did was just nitpick the, 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 and they had no education. Wow. She was a stay at home mom. Nothing against stay at home moms because that takes a lot of, I'm a done. lot of education. To do that. <laughs> <laughs> but she had no former education to say she was telling people what to put in textbooks. Her husband was like a mechanic or something. Mm-hmm. And all they were was just real loud and dedicated to putting things in the textbook that they wanted to see in those textbooks. Well, we're seeing the ramifications of that now. Oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, I went to school. I graduated in Tulsa, Oklahoma from college or Mm -hmm. Roberts University and never heard of Black Wall Street, which took place in Tulsa. I never heard of the Tulsa riots. That's being a government major, political science major, pre-law never did it come up yeah these are stories that i would have wanted to know i would have wanted to visit black wall street you know i i don't know like the juneteenth awakening has <laughs> been juneteenth <laughs> i know has been, has been tremendous you know us being here so close <laughs> and celebrating it every year you yeah. know we're we're 40 miles from where general granger pulled up with a, the order number nine to to free the slaves right. you know on june 19th 1965 right so now everybody's talking about june everybody's talking <laughs> trump said he made it famous <laughs> he made it famous <laughs> thank you <laughs> we appreciate him making that famous you know <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have done it without you <laughs> You know the oh, but my mother. Shout out to Deborah Freeman. We give a shout out to everybody. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> no, we were doing a, you know she she has a listing. She just got her real estate license mm-hmm. and she's sixty nine. She just turned sixty nine years old. She That's got her August real estate license at sixty eight years old, and she is kicking. She okay, already yes. has a closing. She already has listings. She has all she's kind ready of stuff. to go. She has all kind of stuff to go. So she was doing a description on a property today. And I said, well, you know, there's there's power words and certain <laughs> lists that you use, you know. And um, I, I pulled the list out for it and started going over some of the words. And it sounded like Donald Trump, every yeah. word that he used. It's like he mem- <laughs> Amazing. He's, it's like he's selling property every time he, he sells time. vaccines. He's selling property. He, he sells. Sell, what do you call it? Hand he sanitizer. Sell, he's selling, he's selling property. 
and y'all being it's soft. tremendous. No, it's, we are being soft. Seriously. Well, well, you know, my saying is either you're selling or being sold. Period. Period. You know, that's you. You have to have something. You know that that you know. You know to to. You know, it's good to listen to folks and you know, the, the, the mark of intelligence is being able to, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes, basically, mm-hmm. you know, have some empathy. Um, but, you know, either you're selling or being sold, baby. So yeah. you, you got to be out there, you know, spreading the good news. What you think <laughs> is the good news? Oh, he's spreading the good news. That's all he's, he's spreading. spreading the good news. Oh, my gosh. If he could start spreading some bad news, maybe we could really have some good news, though. Bad news is coronavirus <laughs> is real. <laughs> yes, the coronavirus oh. is real. Man. That's That's been something else, just quarantining. But that's why I'm happy we got the mics. We turned on the mm-hmm. free world. It's been a long time coming. You know, when um, when we got out of office, uh, we, we put together an outline, a sketch of a book. Um, and we started shopping it around and, and started getting really strong, positive responses from yeah. book agents and everyone. And, um, the, the one thing we were hearing is that, you know, that we need to start a podcast. So um, here we, we are. <laughs> here we are. You know, <laughs> as as, um, as the mayor, you know, I, I did a couple episodes on a podcast. I started called State of the City. I felt it was important to inform the citizens or whoever was listening. You know, not many folks were on podcasts again no. several years ago. Um, but I still wanted to, to get the information out there mm-hmm. so it'd be available. And we, we were able to do a few, but, you know, it's... it's Time-consuming to say very, that you have such a, a, you know, burden schedule. to bear. Yeah, it's it's to edit, to, you know, there was just a lot of stuff to do. You know, to say I didn't have staff. I'd have, <laughs> I couldn't just delegate that responsibility and show, give them no. a deadline. It's like, yeah, have that here to me by Wednesday afternoon by two. <laughs> I'm all those it's departments. Like, exactly. I just hand the memo to my left hand. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> got it, sir. <laughs> On it. So, you know, we, we were able to do those, but uh, we, we weren't able to maintain it. But the free world podcast, we've committed to several commercials. I mean, several um, episodes and uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure that we get it out there for the people because right now we, we feel that voices um, need to be heard mm-hmm. you know especially with with the, the some of the confusion that our, our world is in right now yeah. and some of the polarizing things that are happening so um, you know we're going to go ahead and take a little quick commercial break again uh, this podcast is, is sponsored by our friends at Warren Words www.worn wrds.com warn words um they have some some tremendous awesome fabulous <laughs> magnificent <laughs> magnificent uh t-shirts and, apparel. and hats and apparel um on their website um but what attracted to me to them is is the conservative liberal conservative um, liberal. <laughs> they have the shirt and the hat and and that that describes me perfectly. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the where I really love it from is is one of my favorite songs by UGK is Wood Wheel. And Bun says I'm conservative liberal. Mm-hmm. Left wing swinging, right, right wing, wing hanging. hanging. <laughs> <laughs> and criminal quarter civil. Boy, you letting your PA hang. <laughs> but you know, as, as that that conservative liberal line, you know, that's off of Wood Wheel. Um, 
And as a matter of fact, our, our second guest on the Free World Podcast would be none other no, no. Uh, than Bun B, Bernard no, Freeman. No. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's been gracious enough to, to bless us with his time to come on to the podcast and, and talk to us about what he's doing. You know, he has a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that he's involved with from being a, a, a professor to, uh, to songs, of course, just just being an OG in the rap game Period. is is a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Much less, my man doesn't stay at home. He's out on the front lines, you know, with the George Floyd, with with several different things man. throughout um, the history, you know, uh, of my man's tenure. You know, mm-hmm. of the, the celebrity Bun B, he's always been on the front lines, and he, he always speaks with with great intelligence. I, I, hold him in the highest regard i admire him so i'm i'm excited to have him on the second show and hopefully folks y'all if you haven't subscribe 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 (laughs) so you'll know when um the show is dropping but we're going to our plan of course is to drop these shows at 7 p.m on sundays um we're going to start off uh with a weekly show and see if we can get it done um or when we can get it edited (laughs) Right. Our goal is to get it there by uh, Sunday, 7 p.m. So please, you know, again, subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends. Let them know about the Free World Podcast. Yeah, we're here. So, Pooh. What's up? Me and you. We got to talk about the love, too. The love. We got to talk about the love because the love is gone. Where, where the love went? The love, not us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Booty shaking. I didn't know the love left. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I'm just talking about the culture. You know, I, I'm. You know, when when I when when we were in Los Angeles and we had Saltwater Records and we were doing the the music thing, and I'm still wanting to make. We might dust that off. Holla, at DeAndre Nico. Shout out DeAndre Nico. Shout out DeAndre. Shout out DeAndre Nico. But. The, but one thing that I always wanted our, our, our label to do is a duet. Find us a group duet. A guy you and wanted a girl. me to do that, baby? No, baby. No, they don't want you to do that. <laughs> 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 it don't matter what I want. <laughs> oh, they do. They do. <laughs> That could oh, be man. America's Got Talent. You don't even know. You're not giving me a chance. Oh, oh man. But, no, seriously. The love, Pooh. You know, I always wanted to do get a duet group together because the music, you know, just the, back in the day, the Peaches and the Herb, the Ashford and Simpson, the Sonny and Shares, you know, they, they just look in each other's eyes and they sing mm-hmm. love songs. And They know, weren't you, even you together. Sometimes you, they were, sometimes they weren't. <laughs> I can Tina. The love was <laughs> their itch. So it, it just it, that just you know it's just not there now. It's it's so much of the you know the mm, uh, talking it's down. It's a lot. It, well, just talking down on the next man. I had several several different women, and you know. Mm. I, I, it's you know, it's, it's too much. Yeah, man, and calling but women you know, all kind of and names. And it, it makes you feel so bad because you know you remember growing up and you know the music you were listening to, and you're like, now y'all should stop that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know we were oh, listening to things. We need other type music. We need a balance. Yes, we do. It's in. That's why I love. That's why I take so much pride in loving you. Mm. because 
the love is gone. You know what I'm saying? When like when every I say time you like, say that, it breaks my heart. I, I'm thinking you're talking about me. No, it's just I want it to be admirable to to love your wife and and have a a long relationship and share that that life with mm-hmm. with your spouse. You can grow and my build. My favorite is when you see the little old people and they're in the nursing homes. I don't want to say little old people. I want to say the seasoned citizens, they're in the nursing home, and they're like holding hands, and they're like 105, and they've been married 75 years. I'm like, that is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's so cool. Um, and one thing that I, I admire is how you got your publishing deal. Some people are self-published. Some people, you know, do other different things. Tell them, you know, exactly how you got published. Well, you know, I, I made a spreadsheet because my husband was huge on spreadsheets at the time. He was just learning Excel and everything. Oh, I still am. Yes, yes. He's, I think he's pretty much mastered it. But um, I started with a spreadsheet, and I was calling my 100 publishers um, from Los Angeles to New York. And, you know, it was, it was a daunting process because you're reaching out to all these people, figuring out what they want, um, and seeing if you're a good fit for it. So, um, like... At some point, I ran across a magazine because I'm also a teacher, too, in the school district out here. And um, they sent me a magazine in the mail. And on the magazine, it was a, it was just something that caught my eye about it. And I looked on the inside and I started seeing all these books with um, all these diverse characters, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, everything was represented in this magazine. I'm like, my book should be in this magazine. Like, mm. this is a great fit for me. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I, you know, I wound up um, reaching out to him, Saddleback Educational Publishing. And so um, I talked to the girl at the front desk and um, I was asking her like, what agency do y'all go through when you sign your authors? And she's like, we don't go through an agency. Everything's in-house. And I'm like, well, who makes the decisions as to what books you sign and what authors you sign? And she was like, oh, the owners do that. And I was like, oh, great. Can I speak with her? <laughs> and she's like, can you speak with the owner? I was like, yeah, let me talk to her. You know, so they send me the voicemail. I leave her a message. I'm all energetic. I just know this is going to be a great partnership, right? Yeah. And so um, she sends me the voicemail probably three more times. So then I email her. I'm like, hey, Ari. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> like, we've known each other forever. And so um, by the fifth call, after all of this call and text and everything back to back, um, she picks up the phone. I, I will never forget the day. Huh. And so she explained to me that she had read my um, my three pages of, you know, the... Um, outline or idea my outline my idea the whole pitch and then um she was interested but she wanted a series she wanted a book that could be in a series and i was like oh that's great because this is a series (laughs) it goes dead like there's silence on the other end she's like and so i'm like okay every book is a semester of high school they go through four years of high school and each one covers a semester that's exactly where i'm going and so, um, you know, I never thought that she would say it, but on the other end, I could hear her thinking, and she's like, I've never done this before. I've never done anything like this before, but let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's make this happen. And so that's how I got my first deal. And from there, you know, we just kept creating and finding things that were relative and relevant uh, for our youth today. That is so awesome. That is like a very awesome story. Before we get out of here, Miss Shannon, 
talk to, encourage, you know, so often, even through my marketing company, I own a little marketing company, Marketing Innovations and Network Development. Mm -hmm. Through our marketing company, we often get that they assume that we do book marketing because you're, you know, you're my wife. And I get people, you get the same questions, you know, the people that self-publish, the people that, you know, are doing talk to them folks talk to the inspiring um aspiring writers the aspiring um you know well i i think that um young ladies and young men if i had to say anything to any new writer it would be to write write every day yeah even when it's hard because there are days when it's hard and those days may just be days of organizing it may be days of putting your outline together it may be days of brainstorming or shooting your idea to somebody else but what i would try to do is 15 minutes every day no matter how hard it was to get in front of the computer i would sit there and i would write something Mm -hmm. now some days that 15 minutes would turn into an hour sometimes it would turn into two hours sometimes it would turn into 15 minutes that just went away (laughs) because nothing came out you know or a lot of balled up paper on the floor it depends on where i was and what i was writing but I think that would be um, the best thing they could do is just keep writing, mm. do something every day. And that can translate into any area that you are passionate about. If it's writing, if it's quilting, if it's sewing, if it's whatever it is, sew into yourself in the day. Maybe your number isn't 15. Maybe your number's 20 or 30 or, you know, when you start saying I could give it an hour, that's when you may not do it. <laughs> but when you can block out 20 minutes to just get all the sound away from you yeah. and actually think, maybe it's you're working on your um, business plan or you're working it on your new marketing strategy, whatever it is, so into yourself so that the next day you're a little bit further in that process. So that, that would be my takeaway. Mm. just for people to work on what inspires them and be passionate about what they do and you know tap into the gifts that god's given us every time i can tap into one of my gifts i'm like thank you god for giving me that gift because not only can i help myself but i can help somebody else you know you can see people struggling through something and you're like "Hmm, i'm really good at that I can just jump in there and help you through that and we can be on to the next thing. Yeah. It's kind of like helping each other out and pulling each other up. It's, if it's at school, if it's at camp, if it's at um, wherever in my life I go, I try to be that person that's saying, hey, I have a hand out here and I'm gonna pull you up to the next level. If I can get you there or I can drop a seed of wisdom or a nugget of knowledge on you that can help you out of that mental state when you felt that block mm-hmm. and if i can do that in a day i feel like i've been so successful um, but you just mentioned it also and i think part of you pulling people up is reach right. um, redirecting educating aligning community health your mm-hmm. nonprofit. tell us you know camp stimulate tell us what you know a few things that you guys have been doing with that before we get out of here and you know what people can expect from you well reach i mean that goes back to i hate to keep on going back to summit but that was just like so monumental in our lives and we had grown-ups who really like fed into our spirits and fed into what we were good at and so when i started reach that's what i wanted to do i wanted to do that for the next generation i wanted them to know hey 
you're worth all this cool stuff, all this robotics <laughs> and all of this programming yeah. and all the field trips that we plan and all the money we raise, we're going to spend it all on you. Yeah. And, you know, just having those huge smiles on their faces and them going back and giving their testimony how I went to this camp <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah. And just hearing in the community what kind of change we're actually making, that is monumental and, and you know we say, keep saying reach but my baby in reach is camp stimulate like camp stimulate is the one that gets me up gets me driven it's a place where kids can come they learn robotics they learn programming they sleep overnight in the dormitory over at lamar state college port arthur you know they have their own rooms that they've decorated and it's their first glimpse into what college life is like yeah that's I remember awesome. the first night that the girls got there, the first camp, the first night, our inaugural camp, one of the little girls comes running down the hallway and she was like, I'm definitely going to college now. And Aww. at that moment, every Aww. tear I cried to get us to that day, every <laughs> drop of sweat that went into it, yeah. it was all worth it. Yeah. If that baby starts college in the next two years, it is all worth it. And I, I, it, there's no doubt in my mind that each one of those people, that's their goal. Each one of those kids want to go to college. They want to get to the next level mm -hmm. and they want to use the skills that they've already learned because it's easy. They can see themselves in that role because they've already been in that role. Yeah. As soon as you can see it and you can imagine it, you can be it. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, putting those, putting that in them, making sure they get it and know that they're worth every bit of it and just loving on them and uh -huh. trying to make a difference. And so the, the camp is a, a one camp week camp. Stimulate, one camp week. stimulate. 40 girls, 40 boys. And we rain down on Lamar State College, Port Arthur, and we have a great time. I mean, we take them um, to Top Golf and they go to NASA. That's like their um, culmination night. We have nights at the museum um, where they get to meet and greet their actual sponsors who um, donated to them being there. Mm -hmm. They get to shake hands with decision makers and companies. You never know when they're applying for jobs where those people will be in that corporation at that time. And you know, they're just making, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference, so. Well, I want you to know how proud of you I am. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Almost have a little tear in your eye. You have a tear in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> Get that straight. Oh, uh, I'm just talking. Yeah, I'm just the, the love just exudes, and so thank you. Mm -hmm. Folks, we're about to get out of here. We've been listening to the Free World podcast. I'm so thankful to have my first guest that sat in with me, Miss <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> Mr. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Pooh, I love you. I love you. Um, we got a lot more to talk about. We'll be back. We haven't got into our relationship. We haven't gone into. We're you know, not getting into how, our relationship, how are we? we? Gotta, no, but yeah. We're not going to go to counseling. We're just going to do it all here, right here for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Press record. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, so. Again, folks, we, we, we appreciate you listening. Next week, we have my man, Bun B. After that, Stay we've tuned. talked to my man, uh, Zane Copeland, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Little Zane, That's it. the actor, the rapper, the community activist. He 
he's out in Atlanta doing his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for a while there, Zayn was the number one song, had the number one song in the nation for three or four months, um, several years back. So, mm-hmm. good friend of mine, um, of ours. You know, that's, that's my boy. So, uh, we're gonna have him, and then um, the fourth show after that lined up, we have my boy Damon West. You know, mm-hmm. another one of my childhood friends that's doing some great mm-hmm. things, and uh, we're we're gonna talk about you know what he's doing and. and and make sure that, that you're aware of all the, the great things that are happening. So, again, press that subscribe button, mm-hmm. rate, review. It's your boy, Derek Freeman. And Shannon Freeman. Oh, I got my co-host. She didn't want to co-host Free World. We're going to let her ride She's sometimes. not a co-host. <laughs> She's not a co-host. She's oh, a guest for the she, evening. She does. You can't. You <laughs> take, took over my show. It's like... <laughs> See? You don't want that no, every week. I can't. It's the... <laughs> <laughs> that's between me and you but yeah, yeah. again uh we we look forward to folks just this this journey you know on, on the free world podcast uh it's, it's gonna be a family thing it's gonna be a, a learning thing and we're gonna have a good time mm-hmm. so appreciate y'all listening we'll be back we'll be back you're listening to free world with Derek freeman